Hello guys, welcome back to Board Draw. This is episode nine. Oh, smashing through. We're getting through these, you know. Did everyone enjoy the absolute banger that was last episode? If you didn't, yeah, give it. I mean, something wrong with your ears. Give it a listen. Um, Yeah, today, I mean, the season is fast, fast approaching. It's not long left now. We steam. We got steam through these uh, team previews. Yeah, we 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 need to rush these now. We're going to give every team their due diligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so today we're going to be discussing Southampton. We've got Everton and Leeds on the agenda. Um, we're going to be starting with Southampton. Thoughts? Um, they're such a weird like in between team, aren't they? Because like they're just so they've been in the prem for a hot minute now. They're never really in threat of getting relegated, but they're never really doing something where you're like, oh, I could see you getting a Europa. Occasionally or a lose eight. They're or just. Two. St- Stuck in mid-table mediocrity. Don't want to beef anyone. I mean, they've got a, a good manager though in Ralph Hasenhutl. Who... Yeah, their subreddit is called Ralph Hampton FC. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's a very exciting manager. Yeah, and they, at times they play phenomenal football. But then, like I said, they, they go and lose eight 0 or eight two, whatever. Like yearly. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. So, um, it's been fairly quiet on the, on the yeah, Southampton like, front I wouldn't be too inspired if I was a Southampton fan but, but are, are they a team that really need to make wholesale changes nah I mean, they're not the squad was beginning to like age a bit I mean obviously Shane Long's now gone to Reading yeah um, but he was never really putting up any trees towards the end of his career there um, they have signed which I think is a phenomenal signing uh, Gavin Bazunu from Man City who was on loan at Portsmouth last season um, very, very, very highly rated uh, youngster. Um, obviously, anyone that comes through the Man City Academy is going to be yeah. half a player anyway. And they had a bit of a mare in the goalkeeper department, didn't they? Because uh, Southampton, they lost Fraser Forster. Then Alex McCarthy, I, I think he had like fallen out with Ralph. Then they had, they got Willie Caballero in. I think they've made that, I think they made that a permanent last year, but like they needed some reinforcements and Obviously, Bazuna's young, 20 years old. All yeah. their signings, that's one thing I liked about their signings. So they've all been young profile, under 25. Their yeah, oldest one being Joe Arriba, yeah. yeah. Who's still relatively young in terms that's of football at 25. Um, but yeah, yeah. Gun Bazunu on loan at Portsmouth last season. I think he was, he, if he wasn't, he I think he was close to being uh, League One's... Uh, goalkeeper of the season um, Portsmouth fans just raved about him he was absolutely phenomenal for them um, and I think it's a really astute signing for them because obviously Fraser Forster's getting on a bit um, Alex McCarthy he done fairly well when he came in as a replacement mm. um, he you know he's never really turned out to be the player that everyone thought he would be and Gavin Mazzini really could be the real deal um, and you know I mean he's 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 not like the most proficient goalkeeper with the ball at his feet, but he is only 20 years old. Yeah, that's something. But his shot stopping ability is unquestioned. Yeah, he is, he we is phenomenal. Last week, weren't we? It's like if you're kind of a bottom half of the league team, you want a shot stopper over a ball playing goalkeeper because you're going to have your goal peppered 24 7. And the most important thing is keeping that score down. And so I think, yeah, like you said, Bazunu's a smart signing. And they've made quite a lot of, like I was saying earlier, young signings. I think it's something that I think 
is a new direction for Southampton because they've always had kind of like a like we were saying earlier a bit of an older squad full of prem proven players but they're kind of going in this new direction similar like um, Crystal Palace in that that they needed a bit of a rebuild they needed kind of a new set of assets because after they lost Danny Ings and kind of people getting old they kind of didn't really have many players that were either in their prime or going into their prime they kind of had a lot of spent forces and so to stock up on, what is it, like seven or eight new signings all under the age of 25, I think their squad in the next couple of years, once these players develop a bit more, have hopefully a good few seasons under Hassan Hüttel, they'll be able to sell them on for maybe two, three times their worth or what they signed them for. I think that's, if you're a bottom half of the league team, it's got to be the model is getting young players, develop them well and turn them on to big money. Yeah. So if we just go for a little run through who they signed. So they signed uh, Gambazunu from City uh, for about 12 million. Um, they've also signed Romeo Lavia from City. Um, can't say I actually know too much about the guy. But I think that's the I think that's the money move, isn't it? Go to these top six teams, academies, they're under 23s and get players that aren't getting game time. Yeah, but that, that came with a price tag of around 11 million. Um, they've also signed Joe Rebo. Uh, they signed another keeper, a Polish keeper, uh, Lundelu from Cheltenham. Which uh, that's just the end of loan, though, isn't it? He's returning to the squad, so I don't think he'd be playing a part this season. Um, Joe Rebo, it's a good signing. Very interesting player. He's very big, like. But he, for uh, Rangers, um, I remember watching the final of the Europa League yeah and he was far and away their best player he was far and away just incredible for them and I just yeah he he really is some sort of player and it'd be brilliant to see how he's gonna um, transition into the Premier League obviously it's a step up from uh, the Scottish Premier League um, but yeah I think he could really be exciting for them I think him alongside James Paul Prowse would be a nice centre mid kind of yeah Basia moves on have James Paul Prowse is if he stays there because I know he's been linked with West Ham but if they keep him he's just he's like 10 goals a season in just set pieces oh exactly he? So oh, well, an outrageous player to have he might score 10 from his free kicks and yeah. he, he might get another uh, 10 assists from yeah he's an outrageous kind of athlete just to have it's, it's phenomenal utility just because yeah, yeah. you know every set piece Southampton could score and it's just a brilliant like string to have on your arsenal, isn't it? Just a brilliant weapon. Yeah. In terms of players or positions that need some reinforcements, from what I could see amongst the Southampton fans, I think the consensus is they're a bit uh, wasteful and uninspiring at the top end of the pitch. Obviously, they lost Danny Ings and he was kind of their 10, 15 goal a season man. And Che Adams, is he gone? No, Chernobyl's is still there. Is he? Oh, I think, I don't know if I read that he went or something. Maybe he's linked to go to the championship. But um, yeah, I think they need to be in the market for a striker because I know um, obviously they signed Armstrong, but I think they need more. Yeah, Adam Armstrong, he scored in their pre-season game against Leipzig where they lost 3-1 in the end. Um, but they are, they, I think it's pretty much confirmed now that Mara's joined them from Bordeaux. Um Another one I can't say I know too much about. Um, but 19. But 19, a young player. I, to be honest, Adam Armstrong really could be their out and out striker this season. Um, another one that's really interesting is uh, Moussa Dembele. Um, he's been linked with them. 
He's got 53 goals in 106 games for Leon, which is brilliant. That's a return exactly one every two games. Um, perhaps the interest is now cooled, though, once they've signed Mara, because dude, can they really afford to splash yeah, that sort yeah. of money? I think Dembele would be a good signing. I think when he was at Celtic, he was obviously like top dog, wasn't he? He's best player in the Scottish Premier League. But um, I think, yeah, he is the kind of profile they need that someone that's in their prime scoring goals not someone that not that the Marseille's bad I think he'll be a good player down the line but I think um, they need someone that's in their prime that's going to score goals now yeah the only thing about that uh, Dembele signing is uh, there is interest from United and Arsenal um, I think it's very it is, it's, it's not a heavily rumoured transfer but uh, there is there are links um, so maybe they've realised they can't really compete um, but yeah, Mara, phenomenal. I mean, he could turn out to be an absolute phenomenon and uh, like tear up the league. But I can't say we know too much about him. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm not inspired by Southampton at the moment. I think there's... So, like we've been talking about on most of the podcasts in these um, team previews for the new season, everyone's strengthening the league. There's so much money in the Premier League now that um, if you're not strengthening consistently with you get left smart behind. moves you get left behind I, mean, I think Southampton between, they're at a risk of being left behind the gap between the championship and the Premier League I don't think it's ever been bigger yeah um, they've got Jan Benderek still at centre back yeah but um, he's been linked with a move he's away he's been linked with a move away so there are teams sniffing around that Southampton side and maybe this is, this is a pivotal moment for them because if they lose someone like Benderek or Ward Prowse before the end of the window and don't replace them. That's two of their key, key men. Yeah. Just gone. And they've got to go until at least January without being able to, you know, reinforce and spend the money that they'll get for them. Um, is there anyone in particular for um, Southampton that you're really looking out for this season? Um, for me, it's always James Ward-Prowse. I like him a lot. Uh, Carl Walker-Peters had a bit of a, a big season last season. I think he kicked on. He played both full-back positions and I think he kicked on well. But I uh, saw so there's rumours that apparently Tottenham have a 30 million buyback clause on him and they're looking into maybe triggering it. So I don't How know. How many wingbacks do Tottenham need? Yeah, That's I the know. question. I but, mean, um, I don't know if they'll make it happen because 30 million seems probably a little bit steep for him. But I think if he stays at Southampton, he'll be a good asset to have. Obviously, now they haven't got Livermento. Any- oh, no, they do. They still got Yeah, it's Tino Livermento. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. online. He was a permanent. Yeah. I think him and Livermento are good fullbacks. And like we said last week, or the week before last week, in this league, you need good fullbacks and they're good fullbacks. Oh, 100%. Um, so for me, them two. Yeah, for me, it's Adam Armstrong. Yeah, you quite like Adam he, he was, uh, Yeah, he, uh, he was really, really good at Blackburn. Um, I think this is the season for him, make or break, to be honest. We're going to say that a lot about these uh, in the next few teams. But he really did show in the championship that he had the ability to be a game winner and just score some absolute wonder goals and on a consistent basis um, and he hasn't really replicated that in the Premier League but he it does because it was his first season you kind it of does take time bedding bedding time in. yeah man. yeah 100% he had to get used to Huston Hootle system which is so much different yeah 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 um, from the system he was playing in the Burnley uh, not Burnley Blackburn so yeah he's the one that I'd really look out for this season I really do hope he kicks on and and can show the Premier League what he's about because there is a really talented player in there mm. um, yeah I don't know what do you reckon uh, position wise where you think they're going to be floating around I would like to say mid-table mediocrity but 
it's going to be a difficult one. I think it could be a slog for them. I think they I might. I think they're going to be in the battle. I think they might be battle. finishing maybe 16th, 15th. Yeah. yeah, I think they'll either just. Yeah, I think they'll be in the relegation battle and probably just avoid relegation. But hopefully they prove us wrong. I, I quite like Southampton. Like we said, I like Hassan Hu. I like how he wants to play football. And I think if there's. Um, there's teams that kind of like obviously don't want to slate Burnley. They're obviously gone down now. But like there are teams that just play shit football and try and stay in the league. I'd rather a team play inspiring football and go down under that identity than kind of play shit football and stick it around in the league. So, And I think they play good football, Southampton. So hopefully they prove us wrong. Yeah, I think like in terms of as a manager, do you think Hassan Hootel has been backed enough by the club? It's hard to say. I'd like. I don't know what their finances are like, they but like, spent, you like never really hear in like a window. Ah, oh, like Southampton have got a big name coming in when they got like decent money for Danny Ings. Whereas like they got money. Have you seen fucking Nottingham Forest? Apparently offered Jesse Lingard two hundred k a week, one hundred eighty k. It's like how, and that's the reason West Ham aren't getting um, him. Yeah, bro. and it's like but how like, the team's like they're, they're like fully breaking money. their wage structure yeah, yeah, to yeah, afford yeah. it, and it's like it will take a lot of game winning moments yeah, for Jesse yeah, Lingard to be able to pay that back especially for a club like Forest who yeah. won't be able to afford that sort of wages easily especially as it being their first season back in the Premier League yeah um, but I mean if they think he's I mean we've seen at West Ham he was a game winner yeah if he can do that for Forest and if he wins them even 12 points on his own or even 6 points on his own yeah. it could be the difference between relegation uh, yeah I think that's the thing for me it's just like um, every one of these teams that or not even just uh, bottom half but every team in the league is going out splashing the cash and getting in names and you never really hear that with Southampton and I kind of worry for them in the sense that if they don't if they if their model is not to do that how long is that model going to last in the Premier League when the money is so big and spent so often well until Southampton actually do something and uh, not be so boring in the league um, in transfer window <laughs> we'll leave them there for now yeah, uh, it's more exciting yeah someone window. who's who's made who's been on the wrong end of the transfer window and, and perhaps the right end, end. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about Leeds um, obviously scary season last season for Leeds yeah stayed so up many the injuries season, but got they, rid of Bielsa who yeah. is like an absolute god in in that city but they Jesse brought in Marsh. Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh's full uh, first pre-season with them. Um, I was surprised by Jesse Marsh because I thought Bielsa going, they were going to bring in kind of like an uninspiring manager, kind of like Watford when they brought in Roy Hodgson. I yeah, thought they were going to go down the lines of Allardyce. Or Steve Bruce. Steve like Bruce. Just these boring Deadwood managers. But they went kind of a bit more left field. They went to... It was from the Bundesliga, wasn't Leipzig. it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think he's quite an exciting manager. And obviously he has the connection with the Red Bull um, kind of system of teams. Yeah. And that's their big money move Yeah, for Brendan Aronson. Yeah, so Brendan Aronson obviously joined from Leipzig just under 30 million. Salzburg. Uh, sorry, Salzburg, yeah, yeah. Just under 30 million. Um just a young American player, which also is the other link with Jesse Mars, America. obviously. Yeah, he, he they obviously the big the big talking points about the transfer window is them losing Calvin Rafinha Phillips. and Calvin yeah, Cal- yeah, Phillips, 100%. like two of their star players. Um 
Yeah. And literally like carried them for their premier. Well, that's what I yeah. mean. Like Rafinha, just unbelievably talented. And I think he's going to absolutely smash it at Barcelona. I think he'll be right in there yeah. with the Brazil team at the World Cup. Um, and those players don't come by often. Um, there's a reason that like every top team was in for him. Yeah, 100%. Because everyone knew how talented he was. I think Leeds probably kind of knew he was going. And that's why they invested so heavily before he'd even signed himself into a new club because they knew he was gone. But Leeds have obviously lost those two players. Um, they've got Bamford back from injury now, which is... They made nearly like 100 million on those players. Well, that's what I mean. But that's... And a, Bamford back is it's almost like a loose signing because... Yeah. He didn't really play last season, uh, and you could tell because around the the goal area they were really struggling. And playing that Beelzebul style of play, he left them open a lot, but they had no one to really put the chances away. Um, so uh, Bamford coming back is is a massive coup for them, and yeah. I think it really is a big season for him. Yeah, hundred percent. I like Bamford. It's kind of like when we were talking. Uh, last episode about Eze and how he was in the England fold and then got injured and that kind of took him out of the fold similar to Bamford he got his call up and then got injured now he's out the fold so I hope he kicks on this season and gets the himself the difference is between back on the fold the Eze situation and the Bamford is that Palace weren't relying on Eze oh yeah 100% Whereas Bamford was especially in that first season he was amazing for them yeah yeah his, um, his link up with um, Jack Harrison and Rafinha was good yeah but uh, one player I want to talk about who I assume is uh, got in just to replace Rafinha is Luis Sinistera who came from Feyenoord and I think he's going to be a mega signing I he was linked with Arsenal not linked heavily but Arsenal were looking at him as like a, a winger signing his stats are crazy from yeah, last season 23 goals and 14 assists for Feyenoord um, Mate, like 20 what 23 yeah they're so good imagine having over 30 goal assist contributions that's so good and only to sign it for like 22 million yeah, I think this could think prove to be on. one of the signs of the season yeah, if it really kicks on. Um, he, he just leads. They obviously got players like um, what's his name, Jack Harrison, mm. who's been linked with Newcastle. Yeah, he's been like linked with Newcastle. Yeah, million. Yeah, or so. Who they would have really amazing games, but didn't ghost for like just yeah. like three quarters of the yeah, season. Jack Harrison's weird. Um, but yeah, I, can't Sinistera, work out just, I, I think he could really be a revelation for them. Um, as well as uh, they've got Tyler Adams as well. I think that'll be a good signing. A young uh, American as well from uh, the Bundesliga, signing from Leipzig. Yeah. Uh, obviously someone who Jesse Marsh really likes. And like, there's a lot of new Americans that are breaking onto the scene that look quite good. Obviously, like yeah. Brent Aronson, Tyler Western Adams, Chris Richards. Like yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Tyler Adams phenomenal player uh, done really well in the Bundesliga for Leipzig um, 15 million price tag it's fairly hefty but it's it's, it's not they, they, they've they got a proven quantity on what they he and Jesse Marsh knows what he's going to get from this yeah, yeah 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 and obviously this preseason is all about him implementing his style of play at the end of the last season it was all about survival being hard to beat getting every point you can whereas this season I think we're going to really see a new lead side yeah, because I was kind of worried that kind of Jesse Marsh wouldn't have enough time to implement his style of play last season. But you could already see it as soon as he joined. They went from kind of like this crazy Bielsa press to more of a kind of high line, but through the middle play. And it, I don't know, it, it, was, it impressed me how quickly he could impart his style of play 
on his new team. Well, that's no, what, I'm excited to see them this Bielsa, season. Bielsa, he's so known for this crazy press and like just working his players to to the core. Like, yeah, the players were almost dead at the end of the season, and it's a reason why. Um, the injuries they struggled so with hard, injuries yeah, so yeah. much. Um, I know Jesse Mars came in and he was shocked about the training regime and he was literally baffled about what like, he knew why they had so many injuries and instantly um, sorted out like uh, the physio situation, reduced the training schedule and allowed players to rest more and, and focus more on tactics. Um, ignore the dog. Ignore the dog, yeah. We got Ernie here as a special guest today. Yeah, he's been yeah, absolutely the third shit. member of board draw, but yeah. Um they played uh Villa in their, one of their preseason friendlies. I don't think they played any others so far. Uh they lost one nil. It it will take time for them to bed in, obviously as players. Yeah. Um the thing is, now that Bamford's back, that he's gonna be playing as an out and out striker. Rodrigo uh, came on to replace him at half time. Oh, sorry, about 16 minutes into the game. And it, it like, when you watch Rodrigo play. He's a weird of, one as well. He's I, like Jack I, Harrison. I couldn't work out if Jack Harrison's good or not. He, Rodrigo's the same. He was signed for like 30 million and like a big deal. Spanish international in his prime, signed from Valencia, I think it was. And you're thinking, he's going to displace Bamford easily. He's got like pedigree but he's not but, a goal scorer, uh, he's, he? he's not he's not really kicked on at all he's sort of for me like i sort of see him as like a like a, a worse bobby for me you know like he's brilliant in the build-up play but in and around the like the areas where for me would actually score rodrigo really looks to struggle and so i think it could be a problem for them i know uh medley will be their starting goalkeeper again this season um, but they've got some young, exciting talent on the bench in uh, Gellhart and Greenwood. Um, so, I mean, it's a young squad, especially like with Jesse Marsh. He's known to work with young players. I think it could be a really interesting season for them and a big, big season for Gellhart and Greenwood. Yeah. What do you reckon Leeds' remit for the season is? Just survival? I think if you anything above like 17th is great. Yeah. Because yeah. you get more time to build. Yeah, that I, think, f- I think they like as hard as it is for Leeds fans, they've got to kind of forget their first season back where they finish like where they finish like twelfth or whatever. Yeah. I think that was just a massive overachievement and a combination of players just running on the hype of being back in the Prem. I think possible in like full flow promotion, everything was just going so well. I think it's one of those things they kind of need to just re regroup as a club and kind of set some realistic standards for what they want this season. Oh, 100%. I think... Um, I've lost my train of thought. But like, what they're, they've got to do now is just rebuild. And, I, and going back to what I was just thinking of, um, I think their squad is better than any of the promoted teams. So I don't think they have to worry too much. Yeah, I think so. I mean... I think they have a better squad than Fulham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, Fulham, Bourne, Bourne was probably... Obviously, Forest, Forest have brought in a lot of players. Yeah, they've done quite well. And they were very there. impressive in uh, the end of last season. But I do think that this Leeds squad is is a different pedigree. Yeah. Um, and A lot more proven entities, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. And it'll be interesting to see how um, Marsh does start the season with them. Because... Um, they, there is a lot of unknowns in that squad, like who will be the starting strikers, how that, what, how they're actually going to line up in terms of formation. Yeah. Because um, obviously losing a player like Calvin Phillips, who was that ball-winning midfielder, who could play progressively as well, 
it's a massive, massive loss. Yeah, and they, I think it will be interesting. And yeah, and obviously they've got uh, Adams coming in, but like, can he fulfil that role? We don't really know. Yeah. No, I think it will be interesting for them. I think they played Forshaw a lot last season. He came back from injury. He looked quite good. Um, so I think he'll maybe try and fill in the Calvin Phillips role and then allow Aronson and Tyler Adams to kind of dictate play and play a bit more Jesse Marsh football. For you, if Leeds are to succeed and, and push beyond sort of just survival, who's the player to look out for? Uh, I'm really excited to see Sinister in the league. I think... I think he'll be, I think as good as Rafinha was, if Sinistera kicks on and is as good as I think he will be, they won't miss Rafinha too much. And then obviously excited for Bamford to get back to full fitness and play. Because, yeah, I like Yeah, Bamford. I'd like to see Bamford get a full season without He was always injury. a solid FPL asset. Yeah, I mean, after the first season, the yeah. first season in the Premier League, he was, he was, yeah, was sort crazy. of... Uh, everyone's team yeah um but his price has risen a couple of times since then so uh but yeah if he if he does prove to kick on especially with uh players like sinistera feeding him yeah he could really prove, prove to be a great asset um let's get on to the biggest shambles of the lot yeah i mean it, if you're a fan of this club you are Fucking in dire straits right now it's yeah. it's not exciting times i think you were hoping that the premier league season doesn't start for another five months so everton shambles so they so the main reason it's a shambles is because they were in a relegation battle that they weren't expecting to be in I think a lot of Everton fans I saw at the start of last season were thinking Europa easy and then by about Christmas they were bottom half of the table struggling and then they lost the manager Frank Lampard came in Frank Lampard came in in like the midst of a heated relegation battle. He did well to keep them up because I think it would have been a fucking nightmare if Everton went down. With the amount of money they spend and they've got a new stadium coming, to go down to the championship, oh, mate, talking liquidation. They, yeah, we'd be talking about administration. Yeah, administration. Um, but um, they spent a ridiculous amount of money on players that haven't worked out. Players like Cenk Dawson. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Fucking, Obviously, uh, you have Alan, the whole Gilfie Sigerson situation Gilfie as well. Gilfie Sigerson. Which just... Uh, is James terrible. Rodriguez. James Rodriguez. I mean, he, he looked good on the Ancelotti for a little yeah. bit, but he never seemed to be the player that everyone no. thought he was going to be. Um, so anyway, Frank Lampard did well to keep them up because, like we said, it would have been a disaster if they went down. But yeah. But... So think- we touched on this in the last episode with Dan from HLTCO. He was saying about how Everton fans were literally saying Richarlison is the reason they stayed in the league. Obviously, that's the biggest transfer news regarding them. Yeah. He's gone um, to Tottenham. He's a fairly hefty price tag. 60 million. I think Everton have done well to get 60 mil. But what I said when I saw this transfer, and I think I mentioned this in the podcast a few episodes back, is that any other club would get 60 mil and probably spend it better than Everton. I think they're probably one of the worst clubs, if not the worst club in the league for like... Their recruitment. Recruitment is shocking. I mean, I think due to financial fair play, they are having to reinvest the Richardson money very, very carefully because they don't have a lot to play with. Yeah. Um, And that probably explains why their incomings has been so like 
I yeah, I mean the last the last few weeks of the window are going to be massive for Everton. I mean, yeah. we're only a f- like a couple of weeks away from the start of the season, and their transfer uh, income is are very limited. Yeah, one that does stand out to me though is James Tarkowski. Um, so they did lose four 0 to Minnesota shambles, and Michael Keane. They were freaking it down like twenty minutes. Yeah, Michael Keane had an absolute shocker. So this is how they lined up for it, and this is probably close enough to their starting eleven for the season. It's, it was Pickford, Patterson, Tarkowski, Keane, uh, Mikelenko, Gordon, Decore, Davies, and then it would be Gray, and up front it was Calvert Lewin. Which is pretty much their strongest eleven. Yeah, I saw a lot of people when that lineup came out. Everton fans were like, "If we start the season like that with that lineup, I won't be too mad. It's a decent lineup." Yeah, and then they go three 0 down in half an on hour. On paper, it looks like a good lineup. But and they're like, Ugh. "Where are your leaders in there?" Because Michael Keane had an absolute shocker. I think he was at fault for two of the goals. Yeah. Um, Patterson, their right back, he seems to be their replacement for Coleman. Yeah, but he is still young. Um, and fairly unproven. Um, the only player in that starting lineup, which I'm sort of like uh, interested in seeing, is Gordon. Yeah, um, and he was linked with a move away. Fuck me, if they got rid of Richardson and Gordon in the same window, if I was an Everton fan, I'd get the pitchforks out because that'd be so bad. Because you think, as a, a fan of a club, if you're in a relegation battle that you're not expected to be in, if you do it year in year out, then you kind of you, you know what you're in for. But if Evan, this is a shock to them. I and mean, they just. They, at one point, they were up and around. Yeah, the, I think the, they uh, started with like face. three wins on the bounce, and everyone was like, oh, this is hunky dory. But um, yeah, if you're in a relegation battle you don't expect to be in, and you survive by the like fucking skin in your teeth, you think, oh, people at the upper end of the club will be like, shit, we need to look at ourselves, invest wisely get good players in so we don't end up in that situation again and they instead of doing that have just sold their best player and not done anything else like yeah, I mean, how can Tarkowski they expect to on do a free from Burnley is good he's proven Premier League and we, everyone yeah. knows he's, he's, he's yeah, good, if you're in a relegation battle perfect player is what you want and I think he'll be a, a mainstay in their team for the entire season but they season. don't want to be in a relegation battle they want to be back in the talk for European spots but you've got Europa players League. like uh, Elliot Godfrey you've got Mason Holgate as well who were quite young exciting players but who really haven't shown the quality that was expected of <laughs> that them that line Godfrey yeah Deli Ali, what absolute shocker he's had this. oh my god did you see him miss an open goal oh it just it's it, so it bad terrible so bad my guy I, like we said this a few episodes back like, he just needs to call it a day go on Love Island or something yeah um I mean, in terms of their players, you, you, the main one that needs a big season is Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, he We spoke about this a couple episodes ago. Yeah, he needs to kick on. Because like Bamford, he had two seasons ago, the, what, 2021 season? Both of them were like England's number ones. Because Harry Kane was doing his thing, but he wasn't as good as he is. Now he had like a bit of a mess season. And them two were like pushing Harry Kane. And now they both fell off, got injured and come back and a bit stinky. So they need big seasons because they're not even in the England shout at all, really. Yeah. Damari Gray, he, he started the season really well for them as well. He was one yeah. of the reasons he that he started a screamer so well. against Arsenal. Yeah. And, and clearly there is a player in him and I yeah. think he'll be one of the... Him uh, and Gordon, I think uh, I, if I was Everton, happy with those wingers. You need another striker, but not just a striker. You need someone like Richarlison that can play anywhere across the front three some versatility amongst that because yeah. I think football's moving into kind of a place where 
you want players that are dynamic that can play so if you want to switch up a um, a position or a formation mid-game players can do that with ease and you don't want players that can only play one position you yeah, need I players mean, that are in, versatile so they've been rocking with Pickford as captain for their uh, pre-season Ugh, don't even talk to me about Pickford um, he's, he's brilliant for England yeah I don't, I don't want to mug him too hard because he hasn't let England now he seems to be a liability for Everton I mean, there, there was a point Pickford. last season where he was uh, replaced was it by Begovic yeah um just because it was poor performances yeah. and I mean you had play, you had uh, managers like Rafa Benitez and uh, Angelotti coming and they couldn't make anything of this team really mm-hmm. and I mean Angelotti went on to win the Champions League with the Real Madrid team that everyone had written off basically yeah um, so there must be an issue deep down within that yeah it's Everton like team. you want Everton to rebuild but like how many times can they rebuild spend money badly and then say, oh, we need to rebuild again. Because until I've seen there's a lot of people that Everton fans that... So they're owned by Fahad Mashiri, who I think everyone's just under the impression he's a bit of a scumbag. I think that every Everton fan wants him out. Yeah, home. I think he's the main problem. But he has put money into the club. Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I can't pretend I know the ins and outs of Everton's financial It's either he must well. be like the people he's got employed are either like not up to scratch and he's just got them because they're easy somewhere but someone there's, there's a some, problem in the upper end somewhere, of the chain, yeah. someone somewhere along the lines is making terrible decisions and I think first of all recruitment is just shocking yeah they I need mean, to uh, have Ali a deal was I mean to be honest it, on paper it looked like a good deal because everyone knows the player Deli Ali can be but yeah is he, is he just checked uh, out yeah, I mean he, he's like he keeps coming out, up again man. and again yeah um, Michael Keane he at one point everyone thought he was going to be England's starting centre-back like he just a young player who had everything to give and he was he was playing so so well and then suddenly out of nowhere he's literally just looked like one of the worst centre-backs in the Premier League yeah and I really I think James Tarkovsky coming in could only strengthen them but is it enough like we're saying Mason Holgate and Elliot Godfrey still young still got a lot to prove but are they Premier League that's a question um Alex. I think Frank's in trouble. What do you reckon Everton could... I think it's another. It's going to be a hard, hard season for them. I yeah, mean, I think last to... season, they weren't expecting a relegation battle. I think this season, you can expect a relegation I battle. I mean, the thing is, though, you look at their team, in players like Ducore, Gray, Calvert-Lewin, they have three people who could win them a game. Like, Ducore is by no means, like, the best player in the Premier League, or the one of the best midfielders, but... In, there's been spells where he he's looked like he just should be in the defensively, tour. Defensively, they look shit. I mean, yeah, they they just I I I failed to see Everton really pulling up some ground and and making people surprised. No, I think it's a relegation battle for them. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think Frank Lampard, in my books, anyway, is the favourite to be sacked before Christmas. Earth. Um, I I failed to see another team with a manager who I mean has expectations of them. I mean I know like Bournemouth coming up with Scott Parker, I think they're going to struggle. But I, I don't think he's as likely to get sacked as Frank Lampard. Yeah, because I mean we've seen it before. Everton are happy to switch managers. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I think maybe he was have to stick by those. Maybe they were like, oh, we'll get you in and we'll back you. He doesn't look like he's been back. To be fair, it's just 
I think, yeah, it's going to be a long season for I him. mean, in terms of their incoming transfers, literally it's only been James Karkowski of, of late. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that's it. That's all it should be. Back from loans, I mean, they've been linked with a lot of players, but nothing really substantial. Now, they need to make signings. I said this a few episodes back, but Harry Winks, I was saying, should go to somewhere like Fulham. But I think he could do, do a job at Everton. I think he'd learn a lot from Frank Lampard and kind of what Harry Winks wants to become as a midfielder. I think Frank Lampard could help him there. I don't think he's the answer though. No, I need one. Um, he couldn't rely on Harry Winks. One, two, there's two players that really stand out through who they've been linked with. Uh, one of them is Morgan Gibbs-White, who was exceptional for Sheffield United in the Championship last season. I think he could be a really astute signing and someone who could give them something going forward, yeah. which they don't really have at the minute. Um, the other one is Amanda Breuer, um, obviously done really well at Southampton last season in, in flirts in like he did it in I think spells, he'd be a good move but I think yeah phenomenal I think he, he could actually displace Calvert-Lewin if he yeah, doesn't 100%. turn on like he did uh, a few seasons ago but if they are to stay up and even stay out of a relegation scrap it is all down to Dominic Calvert-Lewin he needs to have a season like the one he did when he broke through into the England team and perhaps you can write last season off due to his injury problems. But, I mean, the question is now, was that season just a one-off? Mm. Was he a Michu? Yeah. Or, or, or can he really be a solution to Everton's problems and, yeah. and force his way back into the England fold? Because Personally, I reckon he's going to have half a good season, get himself a move. I think he'll, he'll break double digits, but I don't think he'll be anywhere near, anywhere near Golden Boot consideration. I don't think he'll get near 20. Okay, so to round up, so we've done Southampton, Leeds, Everton. Out of those three teams, who's finishing the lowest, do you reckon? Everton. Yeah, same. Who's finishing the highest? It's, it's, that's a hard one because we sort of know what we're going to get from Southampton. Yeah. And I think their transfer window is an improvement. Yeah. Leeds have obviously lost two big players. But I have a. I, I think Jesse Marsh might be able to get something out of that Leeds team because he, he he clearly has an idea with what he wants to do with these players that he's bringing in. Yeah, he's bringing in people that he knows, uh, and obviously like the Americans as well that he he's obviously spent a lot of time watching. Um, and I think their transfer business has surpassed Southampton's even with them losing Richardson, yeah, yeah, uh, sorry, Rafinha and uh, Calvin um, Calvin Phillips. So. I would say Leeds. Yeah, I think that's I think Leeds I think. as well. I think I think it'll be close between Leeds and Southampton. I, don't, I think there'll be nothing but a few points between yeah, yeah. them. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so that rounds it up. We've got a few more teams to talk about in the coming few weeks. Teams. We've got, we've got yeah, about half, half the table to go. But, um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Exciting news. We'll have a camera. I know I said this a few weeks back. There was a camera. Didn't we, come we, in time. We come across But we've camera. got a camera. You'll be able to see our faces soon. Get excited about that. Yeah, we're going to be pumping out the content. Um, we're going to be having pretty much episodes on a bi-weekly basis. Yeah, like yeah. Bi-weekly? That, is that... I, no, no. Bi-weekly every other week. Yeah, think, maybe. Yeah. So we're going to be having... A couple of weeks. A couple of episodes. Yeah, week, so get used to these lovely to get, voices. Yeah, we need to get these episodes pumping out. Because um, Prem is back in literally like two weeks. So... Yeah. Get your fantasy teams ready. Get your bets on. Yeah, get your ears ready for some more. Hopefully, board doing a first draft coming of thick and fast. Fantasy leagues. Uh, sorry, our fantasy Premier League teams yeah. soon. Um, we'll, we'll do a pre- uh, predictions as well for the league table. And, and some, uh, we're going to do a kit ranking as well. Yeah, now nah, we've, no, we've got we've got hella content. Yeah, the content will be flowing. Yeah, so 
follow the socials yeah follow all the, all the socials we'll get the TikTok TikTok's gonna get popping so yeah yeah, get us on TikTok. The the memes will be yeah. Memeing. Did you? Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Just enjoy you all the socials. Dad, get three points. <laughs> enjoy enjoy all the socials. Um, yeah, it's been yeah. a pleasure. It's been bonjour, and it's live.